Hello, Link Up. Hey, guys. Raina, Jasmine, and Lauren. Again, it's the Link Up, the podcast created for the melanated millennials maneuvering our way through life. Yes, 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 yes. Thanks for joining us again. We're hella excited to How be excited back. Jess? Hella okay. excited. Y'all know I used to live in LA or whatever. <laughs> Where are we? You know they can't stay away from me. They are. <laughs> They back in Brooklyn. We're of back course. in BK, y'all. Uh, wow. So quick. It was quick. Very quick. But it has been a great weekend. So we lit. had our podcast launch party yesterday. Hey. And it was so fun. It was a lot <laughs> so of fun. fun. It was a lot so of fun. So fun. It was like, are we releasing an album or a it, podcast? It was so lit. It, it was. was. So, it turned, it was one of those brunches that turned into the night party. The For lights sure. were off. Yeah. You know. Well. <laughs> It just shows you just can't take Louisiana people nowhere. Anywhere. Like, why? Why are we like this? Why are we like this? Alexa, they, ooh, why are we like this? Please answer us. Y'all, literally, I wish y'all could have seen the room because it was mostly like people from Louisiana and then we had a handful of people that are from up here and our songs came on and I looked over and they're literally clutching their pearls. Yes. Like, <laughs> what happened? What? Wait, what happened? but when the Jigga train happened? <laughs> Y'all, you when the hometown music comes on, it, the the energy level just becomes it's through the roof. It's it's literally through the roof. And no matter where you're from, I'm sure there's like that hometown town vibe that wherever you are, yes. if that if they run that song, it's, it's a over. It's over. Face to the ground. <laughs> Face to the ground. I don't care you what you do know. for a living. Face I don't care who you are, who you portray to be. Face to the ground. Face to the ground. Yeah, our photographer's mouth was open as she was snapping she, photos. She's huh? like. Oh. It was shocking. It was shocking. But seriously, everyone who came out supported us. Thank you so we much. We love y'all. Thank you. Thank Even you, thank people you. who couldn't make it that sent their love. People who cooked for us. The photographer. Everybody yes. who had any part. Like, we appreciate it so much. Y'all made it special and made it happen. I felt so loved. Yes. I love all of you guys. And then everybody that followed us. I know even everybody that wasn't at the launch physically still like you guys following us, reposting our stuff, yeah. telling us congratulations via text and or DM. Yeah. We love you guys. We understand that you don't have to do this and we thank y'all for your support. And it was thank just you. the love from so many people and black women. Yes. yes. Like I just, I loved it. It's just like black women support and black women just telling us how like happy they were, how proud they were and that's what's up listen, listen men <laughs> if y'all y'all missed out on the party because there was about 50 beautiful black women there <laughs> at so least 50 no hold on not just beautiful black women beautiful educated educated successful black, black women with their heads to the ground with shaking their heads it you <laughs> <laughs> missed the party it was like five you dudes it. if you, you were not it. there yes I'm sorry. Yes. You missed did. out. You, you missed out. Your wife was there. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Your wife was yes. there. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, again, shout out to everyone that came. And if you haven't followed us yet, Please our do. Instagram has launched as well. Yes, it is the period link period up. Follow it's us up. now. <laughs> You know how Instagram be playing you. You have to put the periods and get the, oh Lord. But yes, please follow, follow us. It. Thank you. Well, now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, and it is our BBWA moment, being black in white America. Brought to us by who? Your ancestors. Mm. There we go. Okay, guys, I think I'm going to take this one. So oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I was in a wedding this past summer, and you know, I'm a bridesmaid, and so I said, I'm going to be on time. 
Yes. I'm the only black person in this wedding probably that will be at the wedding. I'm going to be on time. I like how you did that for us. I did. I did it for the culture. For that. sure. I see. For you. the entire culture. On behalf of the culture. Thank yes. you. <laughs> so I pull up. I'm ready. I'm cute because I'm a bridesmaid. Like I'm dressed up. I walk into the church. I'm like, wow. Okay. It's a little creepy. It was beautiful. Beautiful church. We'll cut the creepy part. <laughs> not the church being creepy. Nope, we're not cutting it. <laughs> that stays Y'all, in. it was just the wooden walls and the, you know. So I walk in and I see my girl. I'm like, hey, boo. Like, you know, I'm so happy for you. Like, this is going to be amazing. So I'm talking to her. Mind you, this is just the wedding party here. So I'm talking to her and the wedding planner. The wedding planner is an older white lady um, who looks like she's the wedding planner. Everybody else is in the in the wedding party. So as we're as I'm talking to the bride and the wedding planner, the future sister-in-law of the bride approaches me and walks up to me and says, "Oh, are you the wedding planner?" No. <laughs> so then I had to I stopped. I'm sorry. I looked around because like I'm really trying to wonder like why like. Why do you think that I am the wedding planner? I'm clearly a part of the wedding party. Obviously. Yeah, like you I'm see dressed how up, I look? Like, how I look? Girl, curls popping, lipstick on, like clearly. Beat. beat. <laughs> oh clearly I'm a part of the wedding. Okay. The disrespect. It was so disrespectful. But, and I felt so bad for my friend. The Brock, she turned red. <laughs> and she was like, oh my gosh, no. This is my friend. This is my friend Lauren. Wow. I still don't think she understood what she did, and, and I feel bad because I know my friends felt awful because yeah. I talked to her about it and I know she told me her husband was pissed. Yeah. But yeah. it was like, just the subtle, not so subtle things. And it's like, you know how you try to make excuses for people? And I'm like, she knows that this is not a member of the bride's family because they, you know, the bride and her uh, soon to be husband dated a long time. Yeah. They, you know the whole family. For sure. So. In my mind, walking up, if I'm going to assess the situation, I'm going to say this older lady that's in her 60s in this in her leggings and flowy shirt is telling people where to go. Right. It's probably the wedding planner. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Absolutely. That's crazy. That's crazy. But that yeah. happens so frequently. I saw that happen in court a few months ago. You know, many times it's not many of us that are represented in the courtroom. Right. And so literally there was this other black female attorney and myself. We were the only two minority attorneys in the whole courtroom. And so the judge said to one of the attorneys that were speaking, he said, go and see my secretary to get a date for trial. The attorney immediately turns to the other black attorney and says, okay, we're, we, need a, we need a date. Ooh. I know you're lying. This lady, oh my gosh. And so she turned red. She was like, what? Now, this lady had, has been practicing law for about 20 years. Yeah. She gave him that death look like your mom. Like, boy, who are you? Like, playing? I'm going to your ass when you get I home. literally what read her thoughts, about? and I was like, I wanted to jump on him for her. Right. Yeah. The disrespect. That's like, Do you think that automatically, because she's a black woman, that she's the secretary? This lady I, has been practicing law. I don't understand. practice law around you any day. That's crazy. Crazy. So why is it? Why is it that... These white people look at us and they're like, oh, you must be You the must help. be the help. You the have help. to be the you help. You can't be, help. be an attorney. You can't be an attorney. You can't be in this wedding party. Yeah. You can't be doing whatever. You must be. You must be here to, in some help. way, serve us. Serve us. <laughs> Which is a perfect segue. For sure. For our main topic today. Ooh, child, the disrespect. Ooh, child. Ooh. 
<laughs> That's the topic of the day. I just felt disrespect. that. Disrespect. Wu Chile. Wu Chile. The disrespect. The disrespect. Yes. The disrespect. In this part of the segment, we're going to be talking about all the ways that we, black women, have been disrespected. Who chow? Hmm. Too many ways. Too many ways and lots to think about. What's going on with black women today? Mm-hmm. You know, why have we been disrespected by society? Talk about a couple of different things that are going on right now in the media, in the news. And I guess I still don't understand all these stigmas because of the fact that black women are getting degrees at a crazy rate. And not just degrees. I believe that we are a part of the class of people that are, um, we have the highest rate of of entrepreneurs, of of, of owners of small businesses in this entire country. Not only are we getting degrees, but we're running stuff. Like we are establishing businesses and the like, like we're we're doing it. The black girl magic thing. We're building empires. It's not just a trend. It's not just a a phrase. It's it's life. Like it's, it's what we're doing. But yet, still disrespected. There's actually a really famous Malcolm X quote about just the disrespect and things that black women endure in our country. Yes, girl. It's right here. The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Wow. Why? Wow. <laughs> Think about how long ago that, like, that was said and the fact that it's still it's very so prevalent today. today. That's crazy. Well, you know, everyone has been, uh, if you are asleep, maybe you didn't, maybe you missed it, but if right. you are awake, you have <laughs> If you seen, have a pulse, you right. have hear seen what's been going on with the Mute R. Kelly movement. This is a movement started by two black women who basically were just fed up with what what they have been seeing. Kenyette Barnes and Ornika Odalehi are the two co-founders of the Mute R. Kelly movement. These are two women that came together and said, enough is enough. Let's bring this to the forefront because R. Kelly has been doing this to black women for two decades, over 20 years, and nothing has been done. We were so young when all that was going on. It's like, yeah. how could we allowed us to happen to our girls. Like, yes. if you were near this man in the music industry, you knew this was going you on knew. to young girls. But why is it because we just don't believe young black women? Right. Is that what it what? is? Do they really care? Honestly, the legal part of the Surviving R. Kelly docuseries was super interesting to me. As a criminal attorney, I mean, I can tell you that in a criminal trial, one of the hardest, the hardest parts about putting on a case in front of a jury is picking that jury. You have to battle inherent racism and stereotypes that these jurors might have. And you just don't want certain jurors on your jury. On the docu-series, they actually had one of the jurors from R. Kelly's trial. And he said, and he, he, said he said, I didn't like the way they dressed and I didn't believe them. I didn't like them. What? Says, I'll cut trial your breathing machine. This is the Larry Nassar trial. He, he, he said, said I did not like the way they dressed. I did not like them. I did not believe them. What I'm actually of, shocked that he said it. Whenever yeah. I saw I that yeah. clip, said I was like, this man didn't blur his face out. Sure. And he was fine with saying that without receiving any backlash yeah. from him at all. He wasn't concerned about that. My like, mouth was, my jaw was to the floor when I heard that. I said, I cannot believe this man really, 
really just said this. He said this and didn't and didn't flinch and say, "I feel awful." It's just I'm I'm just this. This is how I feel. This he said. I didn't believe them. And I didn't like the way they no dressed. I didn't like recourse them. for it. No. R. Kelly was found not guilty in his trial. However, the Larry Nassar trial. If you guys aren't familiar, all these young teenage gymnasts. They were abused sexually, physically by Larry Nassar, who was an Olympic team gymnast doctor. All those young girls came out and said, this man abused me, this man abused me, it happened years ago, it happened this time, it happened this time. This man is serving 50 years under the jail and federal prison. They believe them. They believe that. For sure. R. Kelly and Larry Nassar are both predators that deserve to be 300 million feet underneath the jail. But why I bring this comparison up is because in Larry Nassar's trial, a majority of the victims were white and we were focused on the victim stories. They're very important stories of abuse versus in the R. Kelly trial, all of the victims were women of color. And the jurors and the media were concerned about what these black girls were wearing, how they were dressed and how they could possibly be lying on R. Kelly. There's not a certain look that you have to have to be a victim. All abused women deserve justice. So we cannot discredit people based on their skin color and how we look. I feel like black women are over-sexualized as children. But I just feel like whenever we look at black women, it's like they take black women's innocence at an early age. Almost as like they look at us and they don't look at us and see a young girl. They look at us and they see a grown woman. And it's a 14-year-old girl. She is not a grown woman. That is not a grown woman. <laughs> she is a child. Clear. She is not a grown She's not a grown woman, but I feel like that's how they treat us. I feel For like sure. at a young age, For our sure. innocence is taken away from us. I was reading this quote from the journalist uh, Jim Diagratis, I believe his name is, who had been covering the R. Kelly um, stories about abuse for years. Mm-hmm. And something that he said is, the saddest fact that I learned is that nobody matters less in our society than the black woman. Wow. Yeah. I just want to move us from that. I mean, if you look at any criminal statistics on the criminal justice websites, you will see that the black woman is the most abused demographic of people in terms of rape, murder, domestic violence. Yet, we are the least likely to report. And I just want us to be able to report these crimes that were committed against us. And in order to do that, honestly, we just have to lift each other up because that's sh- that is hard. It is hard to go forward with these criminal cases for various reasons. But I never, I never want embarrassment to be the reason why you don't go forward with these cases. I don't want embarrassment to be the reason for these miscarriages of social justice. It's not embarrassing what happened to you. It's wrong. So... We, as your family, friends, sisters, have to be there for you, and we are going to be there for you so that ultimately you get the justice that you deserve. Embarrassment or self-doubt, it's just not going to be the reason for any miscarriage of social We justice. We see that expressed in so many different ways. The more I learn about it and as I watch the docuseries, there was a definite level of guilt that I felt because... We've we've been hearing about this for years, yeah. right? And and we have loosely called R. Kelly uh, a pedophile. Mm-hmm. We have loosely, you know, made different comments, and we joke about it frequently, just in, just within our culture. And it's like we've made such light of it that this has been it's been perpetuating yeah. his behavior, and all of it has just been kind of swept under the rug. And yeah. it's like I ain't gonna lie, I used to love, used to keyword, 
See, to, a yeah. good a good step off a step in the name of love. Mm-mm. Wow. Now I want to step my foot now, off okay, anything. Like I swear, if a literally, I will. If a DJ plays one of R. Kelly's songs, I'm pulling the plug. I'm pulling the plug, and pulling I'm going to curse that man out. Pulling the plug. And I'm gl- even though yes, Jasmine, I feel you. Like, uh, why have we been sitting back and right. for all these years? But I'm glad that this movement has now Definitely. made a huge headway. Yeah, taking away an abuser's power is the only way we can stop an abuser. Mm-hmm. And he makes his money off his music, his wealth, his fame, and we need to take that away from him in order for you know to silence him and to mute him for sure. But you know what's crazy? Did y'all see that? Like after all of this came out and after the docu series was released. Uh, was released his albums how they increased the on the streaming chart, stri- on the charts yeah. that's sick that, that is sick. sick that is sick like that's what's sick. the correlation what's the explanation behind that some people argue that maybe there were people that was were just trying to see who he was i don't know if like there's a different population outside of like his normal listeners that were trying to just see who see who, who he was and what his artistry was like i'm not sure what it is but that piece is also very sick i also saw a video literally it was like a few days after the docuseries was released and he was in chicago at like a nightclub doing a special guest appearance a good time. on the mic singing and the crowd was singing with him i think it kind of goes back to the what? fact that like once again that innocence being taken away from young black girls what i saw a lot is that Ooh, calling the girls fast, saying they knew what they were. These were children. Kids, babies. These were kids. Like, you mean to tell me? You, and, and, but a lot of it, you see it within our community, which, which for me is so upsetting. Stop calling these young girls fast and put the blame where it needs to be on. And that's these old dudes that's trying to get at these young girls. Why do we always blame the young girls saying, oh, it's because of how you dress. Oh, it's because of how you acting. You out here being fast. But what about the dudes? Like, that's where the yeah, blame needs to be sure. put on. You know, like, no one's going to help us before we help ourselves. For sure. Right. And so it really does have to start in the black community helping ourselves. Right. Like exactly. we forget about protecting ourselves. We forget yeah. about building ourselves. That we black women will be so focused on trying to build someone else up to reach their potential yeah. that we won't focus on us and our potential. So if we forget about ourselves, who else? For Who's sure. gonna remember right. us? Who's gonna help who? us? If we can't help ourselves, who is going to help yeah. us? Who? Definitely. Um, I was reading this quote from the journalist Jim Diagratis, I believe his name is, who had been covering the R. Kelly stories about abuse for years. Mm-hmm. And something that he said is, the saddest fact that I learned is that nobody matters less in our society than the black woman. Wow. Yeah. And, and that breaks sad. my heart. Yeah. No, it, we, we see that expressed in so many different ways. We see that not only from this R. Kelly situation, but with the pay gap. Yeah. I mean... That's correct. Like when you really think about the large inequity that stands today, like not what it used to be in 2019, what the pay gap is. Black women in the U.S. are typically paid 61 cents for every dollar paid to white men. <laughs> like, it's a joke. That the disrespect. But who's, the hardest? But who's I- always working the hardest? Showing up. The first, you know, the first in the office, the last, the to, last leave. to leave, getting all of the the grunt work, doing the real work. Yeah. And but you going to pay me 61 cents to your dollar? To your dollar? To your dollar? And then the wealth gap. In 2013, the median white household had 13 times the wealth of the median black household. 13 times. That's crazy. 13 times? Like, that blows my mind. No, it's, it's again, it's sick. Like, 
we're not talking about quotes from the 1950s or the 1930s. Mm-hmm. This is this is today. 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 Like this, this is, is today. today, but yet we are still expected to perform in the same way, if not more. We're still expected to come to the table and you know produce and be the boss, mm-hmm. but yet you don't want to pay me like the boss. That's crazy. But again, it comes back to we got to help ourselves because right. I was actually like reading this article about how um, women and especially black women are less likely to ask for more money whenever they're negotiating salaries. And mm-hmm. it, even to the point where they're least likely to apply for the job if they don't meet like two or three of the requirements versus the white man can be completely unqualified, like doesn't meet any of the requirements listed in the job description, but yet is going to still apply. And we'll look at it and say, oh no, maybe another job. We have to continue to put ourselves out there, push, go forward, and ignore all that. And buck ourselves up because a lot of that stems on our confidence levels, right? Exactly. Like, we, we're missing one thing that it says we need, and we're like, oh, I'm not good enough. And I think that's where that, like, not asking for what you should be making comes from, too, because we just feel so lucky to have a job yeah. and not feeling like you deserve to be there, and you do. And so when you don't feel like you deserve to be there, you're not going to ask for what you're worth. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And I, and I get it, though. I mean... I think that that just stems from decades mm-hmm. of oppression, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's like, it was just not even, I mean, not even 75 years ago. It was just 50 to 60 years ago yeah. Yeah. when segregation was legal. Yeah. Like, so yeah. now we're, we're just trying to play catch up, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel for the black woman that may be a little bit more timid, mm-hmm. um, uh, maybe a little bit more shy, mm-hmm. a, a little less vocal mm-hmm. in these rooms because that that's a learned behavior. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's a learned, we're not coming in like Marianne coming from a family of wealth most of the time mm-hmm. or a lineage of lawyers uh, mm-hmm. or doctors. Yeah. My grandparents were just trying to feed the family. Right. You know, and and so we're not coming from that type of environment. I do think it's still char- we should still be charged with the with the um, burden to say, okay, we we deserve this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I demand this, and we still we definitely still need to come together and speak speak up for ourselves. Definitely. However, I I understand why we are not always as vocal. We're not mm-hmm. always, you know doing the self-care things or the self-love things mm-hmm. and making sure that our needs are heard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard. It's not the easiest thing to do. Yeah. And I feel like even when we are vocal, we're not heard. Heard, exactly. Because I was reading this article in Time, and I, I read it, I was reading it on the plane on the way out here, and I was... I, I, I was crying. I'm like, I'm, I'm not even super emotional, but I was crying because I was reading this lady's story, and it was just written this month about her trying to tell the doctors what was going on with her body and they didn't listen. In the article she explains about, she's like, I feel like I did everything right. You know, everything that I'm told that I need to do in order to reach this level in society. And I go to this doctor that I think I should go to because it's where all the like, you know, upper middle or middle class families go to and I still was not heard. So she's she's pregnant and she started um, bleeding at work. And she said, you know, obviously when we have health issues, like it's already embarrassing to talk about. So she she's bleeding, but she finishes her work for the day, calls her husband, her husband picks her up. She calls the, the doctor's office ahead of time to let them know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And she gets there, they have her sitting in the waiting room. And she said, okay, you know, she's sitting there. 
she gets up she bled through a chair what she bled through a chair this is a pregnant woman and the nurse she said the lady at the front desk kind of was looking at at the chair like oh my gosh this lady called in and told you what was going on you know this woman is pregnant why would you have her sitting out here in this in this in this waiting area with everybody else like she just got a checkup oh my gosh so she goes to the back and the doctor she's telling the doctor what's going on with her and he's just discount everything she's saying he's like oh it could be this oh it could be that oh it could be this basically sends her home so she goes home she starts feeling pain in her like she said her butt area so she calls in the doctor once again oh it could be this it could be that and it went on for days it went on for about three days until she just literally could not handle the pain anymore they do an ultrasound they find out that it is two tumors mm in her in her stomach with the baby and so basically she went into early onset labor y'all if you're a doctor excuse me if i'm not using the correct terminology and the baby died mm. what oh killed me and what, what made me want to find this nurse and deliver these hands to this nurse the nurse tells her oh we had no idea you were uh in early onset labor so there's nothing about? else that we could oh, yeah. do. No idea. there's nothing else we could do for you no i'm so I'm sorry, I'm you sorry. have one job. I'm sorry, you have... <laughs> no. Y'all, listen, now Absolutely we're lawyers, not. right? That's like us telling our clients, I'm sorry, you didn't point to what statute you broke or what law you broke, so I couldn't help you. No, no you tell me what you did. Yeah. I find out the law and I try to figure out a way to help you. Yeah. This nurse said, we did not know, so there is nothing else we could do for you. No. I know. But what's so, what's so crazy? Ooh, let me back it up. Can, uh, let me, let me back coming. it up to the fact that <laughs> she sure. had to wait for an anesthesiologist to come in who then tells her, she's in pain and she's screaming, who then tells her, oh, basically, if you don't chill out, I'm going to leave. What? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. The whole being hospital is going down. Ba baby, the whole, <laughs> the whole hospital, this hospital is going to be named after me. To the floor. Top no, to I'm taking it Seriously. down. I'm taking it what? down. She did some research or whatever. And this is the thing that killed me because this is in America today. This is not in some impoverished country. This is not some third world country. This is in America. It says that black women are 243% more likely to die from childbirth than white women in America, according to the CDC. What's the number? 243% more I mean, likely. Wow. More what? likely. No. And so it's like, what do we what do we have to do to be heard? But what do we have to do to be heard? That's because a big so thing. Serena Williams had a similar instance, right. you yes. know, during childbirth. I don't even watch tennis, but to me, Serena Williams is the best. She she is. The best of the best. For sure. Okay. Absolutely. And she almost died. Yeah. If she one of like, the most powerful no. athletes almost died it's crazy I don't you think they care about me what's right. the difference <laughs> what is the difference how, do, how come they're not dying and we're dying yeah. i don't really i don't get it at all i don't get it because you're a doctor because they don't so listen to us are you not listening is that it like all these she sat there and told them her symptoms you went to med school she didn't go to med school you're a doctor you have a clinic you don't when i'm telling you my symptoms and you don't know what's going on you need your license snatched. That's why I be Googling myself in the doctor's office, too. I be... Okay. <laughs> Look, At I least read have this, a starting too, point. Because that's another thing. Mm -hmm. Again, we don't say something, no one's going to say it. And then we have to say it and say it again and say it a third time and a fourth time and a fifth time till we're actually heard. For sure. And that's important. And we're going to keep doing it until we are heard. Because this time. has to stop. Yeah. For the people this in the back. For the people for in the, the back, people I'm in going the back. to keep speaking Because about obviously it. my doctor isn't listening to me. No. My nurse isn't listening yeah. to me. And I just don't understand the thought process behind, okay, if I'm a nurse or if I'm a doctor, and I guess this, this is the same question that I have about all racism and inequities. I see if 
I see someone coming to the hospital who, I mean, you're obviously in pain if you are coming to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And you're obviously in pain if you're uh, bleeding all over your all chair. Over you bled, your chair. She bled through a chair. You're and I'm going to say, you know what? She can't be in that much pain because of the color of her skin. And like this, another quote that she put in, she said, when the medical profession systematically denies the existence of black women's pain, underdiagnoses our pain, refuses to alleviate or treat our pain, healthcare marks us as an incompetent bureaucratic subject. Like you don't even believe I'm competent enough to tell you that when I'm hurting, that I'm actually hurting. Like you Ooh, don't believe it me. goes back to people not believing the us. Disrespect. <laughs> the disrespect. Could, like I they mean, look at us crazy. as if we are incompetent to say, uh, look, my my leg hurts. Oh, her leg don't hurt. What? She doesn't know that. I'm she, a I'm a victim of abuse. Know. Oh no, she all right. She good. <laughs> she good. She was being fast. Like what? What are you? How <laughs> can you judge my pain or judge my ability to? express my pain or know my pain based on the color of my skin that's just, like i don't i don't understand that why back to them not believing, why not is believing our, that's crazy our our skin color are just our race in general is always linked to incompetency no matter what no matter yeah. what lens we look at this through from a legal perspective mm -hmm. from a medical perspective from a you know even looking at the the pay gap from right. that i mean yeah. all over socially professionally all of these things the color of our skin is inherently linked yeah. to incompetency and mm -hmm. that is sick. I agree with what you said earlier, Raina, about how we need to be the one to protect ourselves in certain instances. I know that as women, a certain thing that we can do to make sure that we're protected is whenever we do go to the doctor and we're communicating with our doctor or our nurse or our nurse practitioner and we're telling them about certain symptoms that we're having. If you feel that they're not listening to you or they're just discrediting whatever you're saying, tell them to write it, type it, whatever they're doing and put it in your chart. When it's in your chart, it reflects that you let them know that you are having some certain symptoms and they chose to ignore you. They chose not to treat those certain symptoms. So God forbid something happens, you still have that proof. But on another instance, these doctors and these hospitals not gonna change till you hit their pockets. That's the same thing you have to do for any powerful person. You have to hit their pockets. So nothing in the medical industry is gonna change until black women get together and start filing class action lawsuits. I know this woman. Run better, me uh, my coin. Have filed a lawsuit. Run me my coin. Better, better That's when they gonna start listening. Money talk. Whew. I'm shook. <laughs> I know. Like I, yo, know, I, I think these conversations are really important. It's necessary. We yeah. weren't speaking about it before. Yeah. I mean, it's been going on for so long, and nobody's saying anything. Whew. So to that point, our sciences moment for this particular episode goes to none other than the survivors of everything that we have just said, for every survivor of the R. Kelly movement, for every black woman who was not heard when they were in pain, trying to explain to their doctor, mm -hmm. for every black woman who receives a, le a lesser amount of money mm -hmm. than their white counterparts, this shines this moment is for each of us. Mm -hmm. This scientist moment is to encourage each of us to continue to fight the good fight, but most of all, be vocal about, about your fight. Demand what, what you deserve. Make them listen to you. Demand what you deserve. If you feel like your doctor isn't listening to you, go to another doctor. Don't be intimidated. No. Get out there. 
And because it's for so much more than just us. It's for it's for the young girls behind us. Definitely. No, seriously, you do it for yourself. You do it for everybody. Yeah, for sure. It's going to affect all of us. What you do affects all of us. And we're behind you. We support you. Shine, sis. Continue to shine. And we love you. Continue to shine. I think it's really clear that nothing is ever going to be given to us. And so I think we should just let it be known that we're going to have to come take it. <laughs> Obviously. And we will. <laughs> and we will. And we will. <laughs> we will. Obviously. Well, Brooklyn is always a good time. Yes. Always. Yeah, we got to make it to brunch. We have to make it to brunch. We got to make it to brunch. We have to go. And guess what I'm bringing with me to brunch? What? My Millie Rock. Oh, my no. God. We told her last <laughs> no. time to leave that Millie Rock. No. I don't know what she's talking Jasmine about. Really oh, she here. absolutely will not be bringing that to oh, brunch. Oh, I definitely will That's be not happening. It no, to brunch. Because if you knock one more mimosa off a table. I'm Okay. But it's a great time, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye.